when I make that decision to truly lose my life for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of love for another, like that's truly when we find it and find Christ in it. So like when I can just like let go and like, you know, crucify the flesh in me and like yield to the spirit in my marriage, that's when we become full alive, full of joy, full of hope. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Open Door Policy. I'm your host, Emily Mentock. And I'm your co-host, Father Patrick Agno. Thanks so much for joining us today. And Father Patrick, how are you? Doing wonderful, Emily. It's about 50 degrees uh, on this day that we're getting to record this particular installation of Open Door Policy. I'm so grateful for the the new life in the air that's the first signs of spring green things starting to sprout up a little bit. How are you doing, Emily? I'm doing well, yeah. hope The hope of spring coming is definitely here. And related to that, this past weekend, another thing to be hopeful for, we, the end of the general dispensation here. So we're asking joyful missionary disciples to make their return to Mass. Did you see a, a, any larger numbers or anything like that, people celebrating the return to Mass at Corpus Christi this past weekend? Yes, we have seen over the last several weekends uh, the numbers starting to grow and it's a wonderful experience when celebrating the Mass to say, oh, there's more, there's more. And then when we sing under our masks to hear the Bride of Christ, the church, singing, uh, there's just something so sweet about it. And a couple of weeks ago, I just had to stop. Um, there was, it was one particular part that we'd sung, and I just, my heart was just arrested by the beauty of the Bride of Jesus. And I, I had to ask him, can we do that one more time? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it just sounded so beautiful. So it has been wonderful to see more coming back. And we are now bringing uh, back another Sunday mass that we had previously put on hiatus because oh, we didn't have so the numbers. Exciting. Very exciting. We're, we're thrilled. And uh, how about you, Emily, in your Sunday mass attendance? Have you seen more people in the pews around you? Um, you know, I can't say that this first weekend back, there was noticeably more people. Yeah, I go to St. Aloysius in downtown Detroit. So we're kind of small and, you know, nowhere near that 50% capacity. But it was, I just did feel a sense of hope in coming back, even as Father Mario, our, our pastor, was welcoming people and reminding them of all the safety precautions, um, just to know that that we are back to fulfilling the Sunday obligation. So that, that was really exciting. Awesome. Well, let me put you on the spot for a minute, sister. In okay. Christ. Oh, no. <laughs> it's our Lenten journey. There you go. There's a little lead time. Um, our Lenten journey is, is drawing so close to Holy Week and uh, Easter. What's been one of the graces of your Lenten season that you say, yes, that has worked. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, when you say Lenten season, do you mean just Lent 2021 or the Lent we've been living since last March? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, so for this Lenten awesome. season, there's, oh gosh, there's oh, there's so many graces, but I'm going to highlight one in particular. So what I was doing for sort of my prayer was a um, Lenten sort of, I guess, Bible study, saint study awesome. um, that I was invited to do with a group of girls that um, actually Beth Allison, our previous yes. guest, she, she was the one who invited me. Um, and that has been a real blessing, not only from the actual prayer of walking through the stories of the saints and the, the, the Bible readings that we're doing to go along with it, but um, just to have the community of some people to pray with and be with that um, I've been blessed to be welcomed into. Um, and since my move to Detroit, that has just been 
the greatest blessing because, you know, just in focusing in my relationship with the Lord since being called here and called to serve um, the church here, it's like, okay, Lord, I'll I'll do it no matter what, through all the suffering, it's worth it because I know with all my heart, this is where you want me to be. Um, But to have just a group of women to do some of that journey has been a great blessing. So yeah, that's that's what I would mention. When I asked the question, I thought when I was asking it, Oh my gosh, Beth Allison, which you mentioned recently in that group here. And I bet that's yeah. been a huge grace. So there it is. Praise it God. Has. Yeah. Mine really briefly was, uh, it might sound small, but I just wanted to go to bed more prayerful. Just go to bed more prayerful, soaking in the Lord. And uh, and then a couple of days after Lent started, somebody gave me a gift who came to church. And it was an, it's a little statue of Jesus sleeping. And I was like, all right, confirmation. Awesome. Lord wants to teach me how to, you know, Go to bed wild. I think that, you know, the idea of like divine rest and opening our heart and our mind to really the gift of divine rest and letting the Lord speak to us in our dreams and, you know, getting refreshed, having a really good night's sleep so we can continue to love the Lord through the day too. So that's been a grace. It hasn't been perfect, but right. that's been a grace. So Well, it's a good reminder of a, of a grace that the Lord can give, especially this yeah. week. I think everyone's struggling from daylight savings. <laughs> Just a reminder that, ah, yes, the Lord does desire us to rest well. <laughs> Amen, sister. And they did come to church, but yeah, there were definitely some, uh, some late folks coming through. <laughs> we had a good laugh about it. They're like, hey, it's okay. Well, speaking of grace, I have the, the joy of introducing, uh, our, our guests this week, who are just two awesome, awesome disciples of Jesus that Jesus called to be husband and wife. Jordan and Napoli Beach now join us. And Jordan, I met several years ago, I think at a YCP event, Young Catholic Professionals Detroit, as just an on-fire disciple of Jesus. And uh, he you know, converted to the Catholic faith. We'll hear some of that. And uh, former college football player and just a, a great guy. So passionate for Jesus. From the time I met him, I thought, this guy is awesome. And then God gave him the most amazing gift, this amazing wife, Napoli Beach now. And uh, Napoli, from the time I met her, I remember she prayed for me the first time I met her. They prayed together for me. And Napoli went to pray. And I just said, whoa, like, you know, (laughs) mighty woman of God, you know, just an awesome daughter of God and has a heart for beautiful heart for people, works in speech pathology, and um, both of them are passionate for Jesus and so active in in the church and their marriage. Uh, just a little over a year old now, I was at their, their wedding. It was so beautiful. They, their marriage is, yeah, their marriage is beautiful. And I know they just, they take their vocation so seriously and have a great story. I think maybe some of that will come out tonight. So welcome, Napoli and Jordan, with no further ado. Thank you so thank much, you. Father Pastor, for having us. And thank you so much, Emily. That was such a nice intro. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Three fun facts, eh? You walked the Camino, Jordan. Did was Napoli on the Camino with you? Camino was with Napoli and fit, fourteen other yeah. of our friends and Father, uh, yeah, Father, Father Paul Snyder and Father Steve. Yeah, oh. shout out to the Camino crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did right you do on. all of it or a portion of it, or? We did 160 miles, so that's only oh a portion, gosh. believe it or not. But yeah, we were walking it for not. 11 days. 160 miles through the northwest parts of Spain. Yeah, wow. it was an incredible experience. Uh, I don't know how we did that, but <laughs> God's grace. One of the fun facts for you, Napoli, is you took hip-hop dance lessons yeah. for six years. I did. Yeah, and I actually was like as an adult too, but I've always loved dancing. Um, I took ballet for a little bit when I was little, but then 
when I was like 18 and at Wayne State, I told my mom, I'm like, I really want to take dance classes. And so I found, um, I found this hip hop class that was actually like and almost an hour away from home, which is crazy. Oh, wow. But I really feel like that was totally the Lord leading me because um, my instructor was just this amazing instructor who ends up being one of my dear friends and kind of just taught me technique, but really taught me to kind of be myself and individualize dance. And it was so much fun. So Jordan, does it ever get broken out around the house? Oh, yeah. Oh, you oh, know yeah. it. You know it. <laughs> First dance parties mirror. at home. Yeah, dance parties at home are such a great stress reliever. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yep. Well, we're yep. so glad to be joined by both of you today. Um, and to go from, you know, some incredible experiences like walking the Camino or even just that you mentioned Napoli and that you had that you felt called through dance even. But how did yeah. you guys, how would you describe the start of your journey as joyful missionary disciples? Mm. How what What got you on that path to where you are today? Yeah, so I'll just do uh, my story really briefly for from individually, but it actually leads beautifully actually into our vocation as husband and wife. So I grew up with no faith or religion at all. I played, as Father Patrick said, I played football at Grand Valley in college, and uh, you know I was in and out of a non-denominational church there. And when I started with Deloitte as an auditor in, in Detroit, I started going to uh, a large non-denominational church here outside of Detroit with my sister and. One day, my sister was like, "Hey, I've never been baptized, and I don't have, and I've never had a relationship with Jesus, and I want to have the faith that my family has, and that's her husband and her daughters now. Um, praise God, are uh, we're Catholic, so she's like, I'm going to join the RCA program at St. Mary's in Royal Oak, uh, and that's Father Paul Snyder. And she's like, Do you want to join with me? And I was like, Heck no! <laughs> but she was like, You know, RCA is seven months long, and they, and you don't like this is for discernment essentially. And so I went and. I mean, Jesus radically transformed my life starting in that whole process and reading, you know, listening and reading to, you know, Father John Ricardo, Dr. Scott Hahn, all these people who converted to the Catholic faith and reading the church fathers and just fell in love with the Catholic faith. And Easter of 2017, I came into the faith. So coming up on four years. And Ooh. so, yeah, me and my, uh, me and my sister came in together and then got really involved in the church with young Catholic professionals. And that's how I met Father Patrick in 2017. And then after that that fall and going into 2018, got really involved in just evangelization and ministry and, and with Encounter Ministries moving up to, um, you know, to Brighton, Michigan and St. Paul Street Evangelization moving to Detroit and then Blessed Solanus Casey getting beatified and uh, an incredible Archbishop of Vigneron leasing Unleash the Gospel, like unbelievable things happening in Detroit. I'm a spoiled Catholic, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, so through so through that, I really like from what Jesus did for me, I couldn't think of any other way to serve him to become a priest. So I started like really discerning and, uh, um, and actually, you know, at right after Napoli and I saw each other again, so we met each other in college in 2014 and 15 at Grand Valley. And we lived in the same apartment complex and we we're just friends amongst friends. And then she came to a young Catholic professionals event um, in the end of 2017, saw each other there. And right after that, when we became really good friends, that's actually when I took my discernment for the priesthood, actually the most serious. Um, and she was one of my best friends who I'd like call and talk to her about. I was calling her from the seminary. Like, I love it here. <laughs> it's been amazing. And, uh, but, um, I was actually shorting myself because I was like believing in a lie that I couldn't be a good husband because of things I've done in my past and just like broken relationships that I've experienced, you know? 
And uh, actually, right before the Camino de Santiago in, uh, in June of 2018, we went to, me, Napoli, and two other of our friends went to Paris, Lisieux, and Lourdes. And wow. I had a very powerful encounter with Mary at Lourdes, and she revealed my vocation, revealed Ooh. things about my parents and my family. And praise God, like she told me about my parents just really quick. She said, pray the rosary every single day and love them. The next year, they both came into the Catholic Church. And <laughs> praise God. Praise oh Jesus. My and uh um, and then, you know, she revealed my vocation and, uh, you know, I told Mary right then and there, it was like, if I'm called to be a husband and a father, I heard her say father too. And we'll get to that story. Praise Jesus. Wow. But, um, and when I heard her say that, I was like, okay, like Mary, I need to be a better man. I like, I need purity. I need, you know, I, I want to be a pure man. Amen. And, uh, three things happened simultaneously, which was like the climax of this encounter with her. Uh, my, my heart got extremely hot and like the heat, like went throughout my whole chest. And she gave me an image of white blossoming roses. And I heard, heard her say, my son has made you pure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> praise God. Yes. And, uh, and like, after that, you know, just like accepting like my vocation, like the calling of like hearing Jesus's voice and his truth for my life and for, and for Napoli's life. Um, like there was just no better, you know, there's, yeah, that's the testimony in itself is just like Jesus's grace from, um, you know, one of my favorite scripture passages, Galatians 5, 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Like he didn't just set me free from something, he set me free for something. And it's okay. part of that is, you know, primarily that is like, you know, being in this unbelievable marriage with Napoli and being able to walk heaven <laughs> uh, uh, every single day in our in our marriage, you know? Wow. wow. His story is so cool. That I feel so lame going after. Uh uh-uh. uh. Come on. He was lame until he met you. I knew him before exactly. he met you. Exactly. Oh <laughs> Side note, Jordan's a dear friend and so are yeah. so is Nat. They're my friends. So awesome. no. Jordan, that's so I used powerful. to be a nerd, Father Patrick. <laughs> don't believe that. No, it's so powerful. And, no, and don't before, put that, maybe don't put that out there. Before we, <laughs> oh, before we pitch it over to you, Natalie, for for uh, I'd love we'd love to hear. You know, your your journey of becoming a joyful missionary disciple, it sounds like we're going to need to be able to get the story after that about how the Lord brought you two together. But Jordan, I just wanted to thank you for sharing that testimony about praying the rosary for your mother and your father and the effect of that. And everybody who's listening out there, you don't have to sign on any dotted line, but you can if you want. Um, <laughs> that I just was so moved that, you know, thinking of my family and my friends and like the people that I commit today, Jordan, after hearing that, I felt that conviction of just... Yes, take up the rosary every day for your family and your friends, mm-hmm. for them to receive the gift of, of really the gift of the Eucharist and the, all the riches of the Catholic faith. But the Eucharist, of course, being like the most blessed sacrament. So, Jordan, thank you for that. Napoli, tell us about your journey of being a joyful missionary disciple. Well, the Lord has blessed me. I I seriously um, think that I have parents that are worthy of heaven. And I know that that was something that St. Therese said and like St. Louis and Zelie are amazing, just like very important people, spiritual um, aunts and uncles in my life. So I know that that's pretty powerful to say, but I really do believe that my parents always brought us up um, in the church and faith was extremely important. And both my parents were not born in Michigan. They were actually born back home in Baghdad. So coming over here, um, my mom would listen to Drew Mariani and John Cruz on um, Catholic radio. Wow. And then we would be in the backseat of the van, just like listening to the divine mercy and the rosary over and over wow. and um, somewhat getting annoyed because we didn't really understand the beauty of it. Right. But then as we grew older, just like 
now, now as I'm older, I'm able to really reflect back and see how my mother was just such a beautiful witness to the Lord. And I would tell Jordan how she would like have all the kids on the block over for pizza and for food and ice cream. But before we did that, she would have these printouts of the rosary. So all of these kids would be at our house praying the rosary and um, they didn't really care because we're kids as long as we get food and ice cream after, <laughs> you know, um, but like, I just feel like the Lord has always placed this love for people on my heart and has allowed me in so many, has allowed me in so many different ways to encounter people and really just have these like beautiful encounters, whether it's like dance really did that for me too, you know, just like encountering people through all different paths of life who maybe um, were not raised Catholic or even know anything about faith, but you just know that have such a deep thirst for the Lord. Um, and so Jesus has just kind of always been like knocking on my heart and tugging on my mm. heart to love people more. And that's something that I've just always prayed for a greater grace to have. And I would say that there isn't even just this like one peak in my life where I just was like, oh, Jesus is there. It's I've been so overly spoiled that the Lord has constantly been tugging at my heart. And then I've always, I, I just haven't always known that it's been him, you know? Um, but I would say that Jesus gave me this incredible spiritual director um, who just really walked with me in my journey and really opened so many different um like opened my heart and my mind to so much and allowed me to realize that the Lord was pursuing me in so many different ways. Wow. And, and then because of so much healing that was able to occur, my heart and my, my eyes were open. Um, and that discernment of a marriage was something that was so real. And mm. I actually totally thought for the longest time, the Lord was calling me to become a nun. And I remember wow. literally thinking like, Jesus, are you sure you know what you're doing? You know, like, do you remember how crazy I am? Um, and the Lord just was doing so many beautiful things in my life. And it would be something as simple as just encountering um, the true beauty of a smile, or it would be something as profound as somebody sharing what I now know would be like a prophetic word, you know, but mm -hmm. just the Lord being so gentle with me. And even just this image of like, him pursuing me like a suitor or like just like a a very classic I love dance so I think of like mm. a classic waltz and I feel like the Lord has always just been so gentle with me um and he he's been preparing me until he turned me over to my best dance partner awesome. Jordan and oh, um, <laughs> he's been so so good like so good to us in so many different ways but um just growing to like love people I think is the best way to encounter Jesus through mm. people that you won't awesome. meet too many other people who love like Napoli loves. Oh, so I, much I, love. I, I, re, I remember when I was actually dis discerning and like, <laughs> it's funny, like we would go like out to eat and I would just like talk, talk about Jesus, like what he's doing and <laughs> like all mm. these things. And I remember one of the first times I started journaling, I wrote in my journal, wow, Napoli is a true disciple of Jesus wow. because I've never seen somebody wow. love people <laughs> like she calls every single person by name, like wow. wants to know them. Like, you know, the waiter or waitress are always like blindsided by that, you know, like they're like, whoa, like no one ever asked me that and like mean it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And like Napoli's love for people, it's like, it's transformative.
it's transformative. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, it's so clear. And then just even hearing you you share this to both of you, just the love and joy that you have. So we've heard about, you know, the, the love and joy that you've experienced in your personal relationships with the Lord, but obviously also as, as referencing your beautiful marriage, there's a lot of love for each other as well. So I would love to hear from you guys. How were you brought together as Father Patrick has sort of teased throughout this episode so far? Um, and how do you encounter Christ now through each other? When we go back to December 7th, 2019, when we were at St. Mary's Catholic Church and we were being, you know, and you know, we had a Chaldean liturgy and it was so beautiful and so rich. Like there was a palpable touch of like, just like the Holy Spirit was just like so present, so present that day. And it was so clear to us that even before that, when we were just discerning that, like, okay, if we're called to marriage, we are not called to a normal, what earthly marriages would look like, you know, and, um, we're called for so much more and we're called to the night before our wedding. I remember Jesus like telling me, like, I want your marriage to have other people say, look at how they love each other. And that's like how the first Christians were like evangelized other, like people around the Christian community would say, like, look at how they love each other. Like nobody loves like they do. And, uh, so, um, but yeah, so like once we got into marriage, like off of those graces of the sac the unbelievable sacrament of marriage and through, you know, incredible discernment, um, and, uh, you know, just guidance from our, our priest friends. And, uh, we love ministering to priests, but also we're, uh, we're so blessed to have so many good priest friends and everybody to guide us. And uh, to truly like, to be like Christ loves the church, you know, who, who died for her and like to really like yield to the spirit uh, at like all times. And, um, and we, I didn't know what humility looked like until I was, <laughs> until I was married, you know, and um, I remember even our first two weeks of marriage, I realized how much I talked in my prayer because of how much I talked to her. Like I didn't listen, <laughs> like, like I need to listen. So, uh, but yeah, like just like all these things that the Lord wants to reveal, um, to bring us more, to make us more alive for each other and with, and with each other and to, to live in the joy of, of the sacrament of marriage. And so doing things together, doing things that are uncomfortable. She does so many things for me that I'll never even know because her heart is always just like in a, in a heart of service and stewarding to other people. And I'm just so blessed that I get to be the primary yeah. one every day. But um, really just finding small ways of just like uh, doing things together, praying, praying together, uh, ministering to each other, going to adoration and, and mass together and praying the rosary together and, um, confession together. (laughs) And, um, yeah, just, uh, every day to make a decision that like Jesus is calling me to love her. Like he loves his bride, the church. And, um, yeah, what flows from that is, uh, for us, our marriage to be our loudest gospel message is what we pray every single day is that our, mm. our marriage would be our loudest gospel message and we'll make it our first ambition and greatest passion. And that's what we strive for. Yeah. And I think just this like idea of knowing that the Lord has gifted us to one another um, as like his, we are earthly bodies of Jesus to one another, you know, like and that realization right there is just so trippy because then it puts, <laughs> it really puts so much more accountability for each of us. And I'm nowhere near perfect. And I just feel like the Lord is so good um, that he has even found me worthy of such a husband. And I, sometimes it, it's just overwhelming, you know, and just knowing that, um, 
that Jesus, like that Abba saw everything. He saw everything that was going to happen. He knows everything that's going to happen for the rest of our lives. And even in just like the first few months of our marriage, we were put to a pretty, pretty like a trial, you know, um, something that I wouldn't have anticipated. I know Jordan wouldn't have, but knowing that the Lord gave me Jordan because he knew that it was with Jordan and through Jesus that we would be able to get through this. And that, that gift is like, there's really not a way to articulate that outside of praising Jesus. Now, my first major in college was journalism. I have some questions. Okay, (laughs) here we go. Um, So back to the the Camino, and I just love what you said about the marriage, too, that it's our greatest ambition and our our first ambition and our greatest passion, that that our marriage would be the loudest gospel message we have. Our first ambition, our greatest passion. I just feel like someone out there is going to write that down and put it on their fridge. Our first ambition, our greatest passion. We have it on our fridge. No big deal. Glory to God. All right. So. Take us back to the Camino because you were both on it. Jordan, Mother Mary revealed your vocation to you. And I mm-hmm. ha- I'm privy that actually uh, you, you actually had a different look in your eyes after that. Uh, that'll probably be part of this por- portion of the story. I can't remember exactly how that went. But um, it was on that Camino journey that God did that for you. But he also did open stuff for you, Napoli. And uh, tell yeah. us a little more what God did on that on that trip that I would call like vocation revelation pilgrimage. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, here's the thing. I think before I went on Camino, I was just anticipating that it was going to be this very beautiful journey of all of this, like these lovely revelations from the Lord where I would just be walking. And even if it would be difficult, I'd have a huge smile on my face. And what the Lord really did, which now looking at it was the most beautiful revelation of all, is that he revealed these wounds on my heart and a lot of hurt on my heart that he wanted to heal. And so actually Camino was not just physically exhausting for me, but it was, um, it was, it was quite an emotional journey because it was a time where the Lord was revealing a lot of hurt on my heart that was inhibiting me from drawing closer to him. And, it's crazy because a lot of the hurt on, on my heart was um, just past wounds from relationships and from friendships and lies that I believed in and um, that the Lord just really wanted to heal before entering into this beautiful relationship with Jordan. And even though at the time we were technically dating, um, I would say that the Lord was just giving Jordan extra dosage of patience and love and um, kindness with me because I wasn't necessarily the easiest person to deal with, but, um, I just really feel like Jesus was revealing these hurts in my heart and these lies because he wanted them exposed to heal. And so when it, when that started and having, um, this just amazing spiritual director who really helped walk me through that, I feel like then when Jordan and I were able to kind of get back home, um, and begin really intentionally dating that, it was, it just was such a beautiful, there was such a beautiful foundation because we were both so real and raw with each other. And there wasn't this sense of like me feeling like I had to hide anything because the foundation of our friendship was always Jesus. And so being able to talk about things such as wounds or lies that we believed in, it was so easy to be honest because of Jesus. The process was not easy. I'm not going to sit here and say like Mm -hmm. that it was easy, but it was easier because of Jesus. Everything was so much 
easier, so much more authentic because of Jesus. And I really believe that God gave Jordan the graces that he needed to be that man to walk with me, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and to physically walk with me on Camino, but also to just journey for the rest of our life. And so, um, it was, I mean, it was a beautiful experience looking back at it, but it was very hard when I was on it, you know? Mm. Um, but don't get me wrong. Like there was so much joy in that, you know, so many moments where, when I realized that the Lord was revealing these things and he was revealing them to heal them, not to rub them in my face or like to make me feel bad about it or anything, he was revealing it to heal them. And so, once you have that experience, you realize you're so close to the doctor and you're getting your medication mm, and then yeah. it's going to be great, you know? And, um, wow. and that sets such a beautiful foundation, I think, for the wow. remainder of our dating engagement and marriage, because there was things that continued to kind of come up and Jordan and I just knew, okay, well, we turned to the Lord. Like that just has to be what we do. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. You are amazing, but also like without Jesus, we're nothing. So we just kind of mm-hmm. would turn to the Lord. And so that was just, that was definitely a very quick early on lesson. I think Jesus wanted us to be familiar with. <laughs> what an awesome layer to the pilgrimage, the vocational re- vocation revelation pilgrimage that God was giving your heart and your healing yes. from different things. And I remember Jordan yes. at one point hearing that after Mother Mary revealed your vocation to you, you you like instantly you lit up toward Napoli. God gave you yeah. sight for her. <laughs> Tell us about that. That's when Adam said, at last, this one is bone of my bones, flesh yeah. of my flesh. Seriously, when yeah. Mother Mary told you your vocation, like you're in, in Napoli, you saw it, if I recall correctly. Like, Whoa, he's looking at me different. Take it, Jordan. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> uh-huh. That's hilarious. This uh, is great. Yeah. So actually... Uh, leading up to leading up to that point at Lords, um, the month prior before we were leaving for the Camino, um, the Lord well actually probably two months before that the Lord started revealing more and more about marriage to me specifically, um, and I just kept pushing them away like out there for somebody else. And my whole idea was the Camino was actually for my discernment. I told the, like, I wanted to like, let, I just wanted to be that time of like, after the Camino, it's going to be a clear path forward. Like I'm either going to go to seminary or I'm not. And, um, this happened before the Camino even happened because the Lord wanted to do so much more in the Camino of not being so caught up in just like, you know, deciding or and just discerning my, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my vocation. It's actually to, uh, yeah, all these beautiful things that the Lord wanted to do. So even before that, um, once we got to Lords, and when I, um, you know, heard what Mother Mary said, and Napoli was actually kneeling right next to me at the grotto, and like she was just obviously completely highlighted to me, and like, and you know, like we were really good friends. So like I had this like you know attraction to her and affection for her, and and this and this love for her. But I just like would like ignore all of it, you know, because I'm like, I have my eyes like set towards this vocation that I want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, so in that moment, like when I heard Mother Mary, like she said, trust in trust in the revelation, trust in the revelations. And and then she revealed to me to be a husband and a father. And when I like received that, like this, this piece that she can never described to somebody occurred, you know, and like Napoli was highlighted and, um, and obviously she's been like, I'm, she's a, you know, 
the woman that's like on my heart. <laughs> and uh, so like, honestly, right after that, we went into the baths of the, of, uh, at Lords, and then I went and told Napoli what happened. And, um, and uh, honestly, that's even more so of like when that true discernment towards marriage happened mm-hmm. for, for both of us um, was over the course of, you know, after that of like, okay, we're going to intentionally together walk this journey together and discern and, um, and, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to be alone in this where it's, it's me and you and, and Jesus walking together. We've heard this beautiful story from you guys. Thank you so much for, for mm. sharing it. And, you know, I think it's, it's so joyful and full of love and hope. And I'm sure there are some listeners right now who might be like, wow, these are just perfect people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, but I mean, and, and, and marriage is such a beautiful vocation and the discernment yeah. to get there is such a gift. Um, but for, I mean, I'm married and maybe my marriage mm. is just different, but there's challenging moments too. Yeah, you know? oh, for sure. Um, yep. So I don't know, would you guys be comfortable sharing how you rely on Jesus, not just for all of those gifts and, but, and the, the happy moments and finding each other, but even just how sometimes how you've relied on Jesus or grown in your faith through some of the more challenging moments of your uh, either personal relationship with him or Mm -hmm. in your marriage. Yeah. And Napoli has, you know, a beautiful story that she can share, but even just like on a day-to-day basis, like I have a lot of pride in my heart and I have, you know, and like, and like, I'm a person that like takes uh, like improvement points as criticisms and like, I, like, I can't like let it go, you know? So like, but like Christ and, and what he's doing in my heart, he's just even more so of like showing me what true authentic love looks like. And, um, and, you know, like I pray for humility, but what I'm truly like praying for is an authentic love, which if perfect love contains humility. So, um, and like, you know, first Corinthians, it says like, love does not insist on its own ways and to really be like sold out for Jesus for, and for Napoli, like for her to live every single day, like to live her dreams, to know that she's supported, loved, cherished, pursued, all those things that she's felt from God is that she would experience that through me. And I'm a very broken person with a lot of like pride in my heart. And it's not easy to do, but like we, when I, what I found is just like, when I make that decision to truly lose my life for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of love for another, like that's truly when we find it um, and find Christ in it. So like when I can just like let go and like, you know, crucify the flesh in me and like yield to the spirit in my marriage, that's when we become full alive, full of joy, full of hope and all these things. And um, yeah. And uh, you know, there's been, you know, numerous <laughs> tough conversations and, and, uh, you know, and disagreements and, um, that we've had to, to work through. And it's still, you know, a day-to-day decision to make, um, and moment to moment. So, and honestly, that's another beautiful thing of like, you know, our first year we were in quarantine COVID-19, right. And people are like, Oh, that's so tough. And we had trips planned and we were going to have so much fun, but like Christ wanted, us to live like the Holy family in Nazareth, just like in the poverty of our, of our home of just like me, Napoli together, like living communion together and make that the most joy filled spirit filled, um, day to day with each other in our marriage. Yeah. That's so beautiful. That was marriage training camp right there. Joy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I, I just want to like say for any listeners that are out there that are thinking kind of like you said, Emily, like, oh, they're, that sounds so perfect. Yeah. And it's, it's not and, like, here's the thing. <laughs> the reality is that 
Jordan and I, if it was just us, oh my gosh. I mean, this would have never, we wouldn't be sitting here before you guys right now. Um, It's Jesus. And I think that the more that we begin to really understand that, that like we literally cannot do anything without the Lord, the more that um, our relationship becomes stronger because, and there's, I feel like there's times where we think that like, we're like, no, 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 we're totally like, we're praying about this or I'm praying my, you know, 54 day novena to find my future (laughs) husband or my future wife or whatever it is. And you like, think like in the books, I'm doing everything right. But I realize that in marriage, even engagement and dating, there is no playbook. It literally Mm -hmm. is just Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so there is like a very um, visible notice and difference in Jordan and I, when we are, when we have like received the sacraments, when we are, our our prayer life is on fire, when um, we feel the closest to Jesus, or even if we don't feel the closest to Jesus, when we're striving to go closer to Jesus, I can tell you moments in our relationship that have been the strongest because we're the closest to Jesus in those moments. It's not because he gets me the cutest flowers or writes me a beautiful card. It's because of the way that the Lord prompts his heart and strengthens him. um, And the way that the Lord, you know, prompts my heart to serve Jordan. So I just want to say, like, if anyone's listening to this and they're like, that would never happen. I'd never go to Lord's or like, I haven't had this encounter with Mary. Like, I just want to say, like, grow close to Jesus and let him dance with you and lead you Mm. to your future spouse, because it is so much more than what the world wants to offer you. It's so much more than just, like I said, praying these novenas or whatever it is like Jesus is so good and desires so much joy for you. So just turn to him so that he Uh, can lead you to someone. Cause he led me straight to Jordan. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful. All right. And thank you. Thanks so much for sharing that. And uh, Jordan, we've heard you share that your vocation, that Mary gave a big revelation that's playing out in reality in some pretty impactful ways uh, with the conversion of your parents and finding Napoli. But you also revealed that you are going to be a father. And uh, Napoli, we saw in your the, some of the questions you fill out for us ahead of time that you're also a Cretan practitioner. So without obviously getting into too many details, but how are you guys sort of taking, emerging through that vocation of marriage into also discerning now being um Thank you so much. So I do want to clarify, I'm a practitioner intern because I'm still in the program. (laughs) God willing, I pass my boards in November or or in like the winter and then I will be a practitioner. Um, Yeah. Shout out to anyone that uses any form of NFP or any of that. That's awesome. Um, But, you know, I will just have to say um, that journey is, has been a very beautiful journey and has been a very difficult journey as mm. well. Um, so when Jordan and I got engaged, uh, part of our marriage prep obviously was um, to do a sort of like NFP course. Um, and I'm so grateful for my husband because he totally researched everything and was like, hey, I think Creighton would be the best method for us and we should look into this. And so um, we were able to find a class and we took the course Um and then began to start charting. And for anyone who's not familiar with natural family planning, it's, um, there is several different ways of charting, um, but essentially natural family planning is a method of charting various biomarkers, um, which can be anything from like your cervical mucus to your temperature um, to a bunch of other really cool ways that I'm not as familiar with because I'm more familiar with Creighton. Mm-hmm. Um, but it helps to identify fertility so that women and or like couples that are trying to conceive are able to wow. um, 
to do so naturally and morally, but also empowering the woman and the couple Mm. as well. So basically through charting, I was able to notice that there were some um, concerns just within the way that I was charting. So what's really beautiful is Creighton is one of the only um, methods of natural family planning that looks at both fertility, but also looks at your gynecological and reproductive health. So through charting and through help of my practitioner, she was able to help me identify that there were some red flags for um, a few different concerns. And obviously I would have to work closer with a doctor to figure out what those were. Um, but essentially it kind of started this journey um, and the end of March or end of March, I'm sorry, January of 2020, um, of meeting with doctors and trying to figure out what was going on in my body. And essentially, um, through charting and I was able to find out that I had almost like a cantaloupe sized pelvic mass and it sounds kind of crazy, but I never would have expected to have that. Like most people you would think would be like, wouldn't you know something was wrong with your body? Um, but no, I, I didn't. And, um, it was just such a blessing that the Lord was able to reveal truth to me, but by truth that was natural, you know, and truth that I was able to be empowered with because I was responsible for my charting and my husband and I were charting together. And this was a decision that we wanted to make together. Um, so essentially I had, um, a few different doctor's appointments back to back. And then March 18th of 2020 had surgery to remove this mass and it was very scary. It's crazy because it's just two days away, right? Like are the, the anniversary, yeah. right? Um, was two days away. And I remember that our surgeon, God bless him. He um, is a very matter of fact kind of guy. And I remember one thing that he said to us was, um, we may have to remove more than just like the mass, you know, mm. it just depends on what, you know, it depends on what we see when we go in there. And I just remember thinking like, I remember looking at Jordan and thinking, you know, well, what could that possibly mean? And mm-hmm. we're just going to trust the Lord because literally um, we found out that there was a mass on like a Friday, Monday, blood work came back and we had to have surgery immediately. Tuesday, we found surgeon, uh, we found a surgeon, praise God, who was local. Um, and then he scheduled us for the following week. So there wasn't really too much processing time, um, which is such a grace. I, I know <laughs> that the Lord was doing that very intentionally. And I just remember going in that morning and it was like, right when COVID, a lot of shutdowns were really beginning to happen. Um, And so Jordan couldn't come in the back and pre-op with me. And it was like the first time that I actually felt kind of afraid. And And then just like telling Jesus and giving it to Jesus and saying like, you know what you're doing, Lord. And we're just offering this to you. And I'm scared as ever, but I'm just, I trust you. And I'm going to say that I trust you, even if I don't fully trust you, because I know that you're with us. And I remember waking up from surgery and just like wanting my husband and Jordan came in the room. And, um, and I remember one of the things that he had said to me was that they did end up removing a little bit more. Um, and I know that this is personal, but I really just want to do this to glorify Jesus. But like, they removed my um, right over in my right fallopian tube as well. And it was like, it was really, it kind of like sucked for a moment, you know, thinking about it. But I just remember saying like, well, praise God, because 
the truth is like, I know that the Lord has called me to be a mother. And so it was just a matter of, of trusting him and knowing that he was going to take care of it, you know? And, um, but I just remember thinking like, like, I can't believe that this has all happened really within just the first few months of our marriage. And, um, there was so many like bodily, like body, um, bodily difficulties and complications and everything. Like, um, I, I know everyone thinks like the first year of your marriage is like supposed to be so romantic and passionate and all of these things. And for the majority of that time, Jordan, I was very sick and, um, like, Jordan would come and sit in the bathroom with me as I was sick. And he would, you know, like help me with very, um, with tests, like taking a shower and such that it wasn't easy to do that or to allow my husband who I wanted to just appear so beautiful for so strong for, um, especially our first year of marriage to just be so vulnerable before him. Um, but just knowing that the Lord was just purifying our hearts, humbling us, allowing us to love each other more, more purely. And I mean, there was so much time during those times where I would be sleeping. I wouldn't be able to sit here and be hanging out with him or, um, you know, do anything cute for him. It was, he was taking care of me. He was responsible for my medications and for making sure that I was walking when I needed to, or if I was sick, holding my hair back, you know? And, um, and I know that the Lord was doing that because he wanted us to just love each other more. And he was preparing us for something so beautiful. And, um, and afterwards I had to receive like different treatments just for, um, what had happened in the surgery and taking care of my body. And, um, I mean, I'm so grateful for Creighton because I was able to identify something much sooner than the doctors would have. And I'm also just grateful that knowing that the Lord gives us every tool that we need naturally to prepare us for anything that we would need. Um, and it's just beautiful how like Jesus works with biology and science, you know, he doesn't work against it. Um, And so I just remember the doctor had also said to us, and this was something that he mentioned before was he was like, um, he just said to us, like, you guys are going to have a really hard time getting pregnant. And I would say that if you guys don't use IVF, you probably won't get pregnant. And for Jordan and I, that was very, that was an absolute, like, there was no way we were going to do that. And we knew that we knew that the Lord was calling us to be parents we trust him and we trusted him. And so we were kind of like, okay, well, look, we need to do everything that we can do to stay healthy, um, to be as healthy as possible, to be as strong as possible, to be parents. But also the rest of it is just, Jesus, we're just going to trust you. And, um, the, the month that we got the clear that it was okay for us to begin trying, we got pregnant. Praise God. <laughs> oh my gosh. Praise yeah. God. Glory to yeah. God. And I even remember like, I didn't even tell him for the first few days because I was so worried that it was because of um, different medications and things that I was on. Um, and I just remember like when I first saw the pregnancy test, I was like, there's no way. And um, just knowing that like the Lord and his generosity 
not only outdoes us constantly in his generosity, but is just filled with such beautiful surprises. And the fact that he just allowed this to happen. I mean, even our OB, um, who's Catholic, was not expecting that, you know. Um, and then the fact that this baby has continue to grow. And, um, there was so many different like concerns for this pregnancy. And I even remember, um, one of the first times we met with a, a specialist, like a high risk specialist, he told us you guys might have like a baby on the smaller side. And we were like, Oh, we don't care. We just want a healthy baby. Um, Any baby. <laughs> yeah, really. And then f- four weeks ago we have, we had, um, this specific type of ultrasound where they tell you how much the baby is weighing. And um, our little peanut was weighing six pounds, one ounce four whoa, weeks ago. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, wow. Glory to God. And so to <laughs> it's going to be a big baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, God is just so good in his yeah, generosity and like has just continued, um, continued throughout this entire process of just every time we feel like, man, this is scary and don't get me wrong. We've definitely mm-hmm. felt that way. Um, but just knowing that he's with us and knowing that mama Mary is so close to us too. And so many times I feel like she just tugs her mantle tightly around us. And, um, it's brought us so much closer in so many ways. It has, it, it hasn't been easy either. Um, but it's been so beautiful to see what Jesus is doing and continues to do. And we're just so excited to raise a little disciple who is just so on fire for Jesus. And we just pray to have the grace to love one another so that we can be holy parents and raise a holy domestic church. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a great testimony. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. I'm Amazing. like sweating. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big Amazing. story. Yeah. I just want to say thank you. I mean, yeah. I know that, the, like you said, it's, it's personal. There's really a lot mm. of vulnerable things to share there. But I, I, wow. I know that, you know, different issues with fertility and other things related to being pregnant or carrying pregnancy. It's, it's so much more common than people talk about. So I'm sure that there are women who are going to be listening to this podcast who are just so grateful for their courage and the way you've been able to share that story. And even if it hasn't happened to them for for them to pass on to other women in their lives that they, they know and love. So I just want to thank both of you and thank Jordan for being such a supportive husband (laughs) uh, through that whole journey and also through the way you've told that journey to us today. So thank you guys. Praise Thank God. you, Jordan I could, have, could not have done it without him. That's for sure. Amen. Maybe we could end with one tip, just one tip from you guys yeah. that you would give to um, other newlyweds who are maybe wrapping up their first pandemic year or about to start their uh, their marriage in still kind of a pandemic. Uh, what, what's the kind of the one thing that you guys are little fun tips that you would uh, give them and we can wrap up from there? I would say like make prayer fun. You know, um, mm. so many people think like prayer has to be like, you're like, like sitting down and like, you know, you're like, it's just, it can sound like such a, um, I don't want to say boring cause it's definitely not for us, but it can sound sometimes like such a daunting task almost. Whereas like make, make prayer fun, you know, um, Jordan, like even if you wanted to read one of my favorite dates that we did was we did Lectio Divina and we got a bottle of wine and we were just like spent time together and it was just so beautiful. And we just allowed the Lord to be with us. Um, but invite Jesus in everything that you do. It doesn't even need to be like, uh, like, it's not like every time you do something religious, you, you should always be inviting Jesus. It's like, if you're going to go to the grocery store, invite Jesus to be with you. Um, if you're going to get Froyo, which your girl has been craving a lot of, like invite Jesus, invite Jesus to be with you, you know, just like, 
make him a regular part of your life because then when things are good and when things are bad, he's already there. Um, yeah. Have fun with him. He's fun. Amen. He's fun. Yeah. So when I was, when I was praying, I felt like the Lord, what he was inviting um, everybody into specifically in Detroit as with the dispensation being lifted and people are coming uh, more and more people are coming back to mass is every single person like anticipate and ask for a life-giving encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist, you know, Um, and, and to like receive his crucified love for, for you specifically. And I feel like uh, this season in the archdiocese too, the Lord is inviting all of us, including me and Napoli to uh, reach out, you know, like to extend the Eucharistic presence of Jesus to every single person that, that we can, our family, our friends, like, don't be afraid of the messiness of relationships, whether they're Catholic, not Catholic, whatever it is. Um, and specifically in your marriages, like, do not be afraid of love, like never be ashamed of love, like don't look foolish for love. You know, it's like, um, let's be in each other's lives. Like let's be on fire together in the Archdiocese of Detroit for people to look at our marriages, look at our communities, look at our parishes and to say, look at how they love each other. You know, like this is my body given for you. It's a crucified Mm -hmm. love. It's the bridegroom to the bride and full Mm -hmm. complete gift. Like that's what our marriages are. That's what our parishes should be. Like Mm -hmm. nobody should be walking by themselves in in, uh, this pilgrimage. Um, And uh, to invite everybody on this joyful mission, mission and and our, and our vocations and, um, and whatever we're doing to be on fire with the love of Jesus that's in the Eucharist to the whole world. Slam Mike dunk. drop. Yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> so well articulate. No, I love it. No, you are it goes way together. Better. It was going <laughs> together. The whole thing, Napoli, it was a package deal. And then the, as I Emily know. would say, mic drop. Mic <laughs> drop, slam dunk. Yeah, I forgot. We use a lot of basketball analogies. That's when we, part of Father Polis's legacy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for your beautiful testimony and witness. And um, Father Patrick, would you like to uh, close us in a prayer, please? Oh, I'd love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of your beloved son, Jordan, and your beloved daughter, Napoli, and their marriage, which shows the world, uh, the, the marriage of heaven. Thank you for the sacrament of marriage, God, that when you are the center of it, it truly allows couples to participate in the eternal wedding feast of the Lamb. Jesus, the bridegroom with his bride, the church. We ask, Father, that you bless all the married couples out there and that you would also bless all those who are discerning. Give them clear, beautiful light about which path you're calling them to live out their discipleship on. And may Almighty God set everybody's heart on fire who's listening to this podcast. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to another episode of Open Door Policy, where we hear stories of different joyful missionary disciples in Southeast Michigan, how they encounter, grow, and witness in their love for Christ. You can find more episodes at unleashthegospel.org forward slash podcast or on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Podcasts. See you next time.